are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 13th Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, Blazer, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here on Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. Blazers have not had a game. They have still one more day off until they face off against the Golden State Warriors at home on Wednesday, but we do have a, a special podcast and a special guest for you today. Have my boy Anand Pandian, NBA writer based out of Portland and uh, a host of the Blazer Banter events, which are great, great basketball-themed events around town. So we talk about that. He was at the, the game on Sunday night against the Jazz. We talked about what he saw and... Uh, Got his perspective on where the team is going, where the team is right now. And also, we had a little bit of a long-term discussion as well, kind of bouncing off of him, uh, my, my theory about Zach Collins probably being the best hope to take this team to another level. Uh, so we talked about that, really interesting conversation, and you can definitely check out the Blazer Banter panel on Thursday night at Century Bar in Portland. Joe Freeman's going to be there, Shane Brendan, Peter Sampson. Uh, lots of great Blazers guests, so it, it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, and just a quick reminder before we get on to this portion of the podcast, wanted to invite all of you, as we do every week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, to play draft with us. It's going to be draft Wednesday tomorrow, and you should definitely come in, play with us, and, and really make the most of it. It's the best fantasy sports app out there, especially if you're into daily fantasy. Maybe your fantasy basketball team's in the tank. Maybe you're bummed out that football is over. Well, you can play with us on Draft Wednesday. It's going to be a big, big Wednesday, uh, the final Wednesday before the All-Star break with... And there's going to be a break, you know, in these games. So if you want to get your fix in to, to play a little draft, play a little fantasy sports before the week ends, maybe add a little bit to your normal fantasy basketball week, then come play with us on draft. It's super easy. I love the the format of it. There's no prices. It's just you set your lineups. You have the five best guys. You have a five-team draft. It goes really fast. The drafts are over in about five minutes. Then you have your team and you face off. But the best thing is that you put your money in. You get the money out the next day when you win. And listeners of Locked On Blazers and the Locked On NBA podcasts will get a free entry when they use promo code LONBA. So use promo code LONBA when you sign up for draft and you'll get a free entry into a draft. So go to your app store, search draft, download it, and play it tomorrow with us on Draft Wednesday. And now, my conversation with Anand Pandian, NBA writer and host of Blazer Banter. Hello and welcome to a February 13th Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBron Wire, former Blazers beat writer, and I'm joined today by my buddy, 
also an NBA writer here in Portland. Anand Pandian, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, Plantain Poppy. How are you? Oh yeah, that's my new my new nickname, the Plantain po- <laughs> the Plantain Poppy. After I made some some plantains last night, but yeah, no, stoked uh, to have you on the podcast. Also, uh, a guy who creates great basketball themed events in the Portland area, and you wow, have another thank you. you have another one uh, this week. So we're also going to talk about what people can find at Blazer Banter this week. Uh, but you were at the game last night. Uh, I talked about this with the guys from Holy Backboard last night, but uh, the Blazers kind of had a disappointing loss. It felt like a little bit of a step back. Uh, what did you think of the game? Do you think Utah you know, has a chance to make the playoffs here? Because it feels like they're kind of back in it. Yeah, they're like surging. Um, I felt like they're kind of sleeping on their win streak because – you know, leading up to the game, I like looked at them. I was like, "Oh, Utah won eight in a row." When I, whenever I looked, um, playoffs. Though I feel like still, still gonna be tough for Utah. I feel like New Orleans there. Uh, I believe they're still behind the Clippers. So I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, they definitely got some talent. Rudy Gobert's back, so he's he's man in the middle. Played well in defense. Um, Donovan Mitchell's a stud. And. Um, and then uh, that dude Royce O'Neal played really well. Uh, he didn't make it like a big. Uh, he didn't score a lot of points, but he was like really w- good defensively. A great plus minus. Uh, but yeah, Utah's legit. But I don't know if they're a playoff team. Yeah, it's like where the hell did that guy come from? That Royce O'Neal guy. I've literally never heard of him until last night. Yeah, all the Jazz guys were like, or Jazz Twitter. I don't know if you follow any Jazz Twitter. They're saying how he was kind of a guy. I guess he played overseas, and the Jazz drafted him a while back, and kind of. Uh, did a lot of player development stuff with him, um, and it's paying off for them. Obviously, he's been playing well, especially starting in place of R- Ricky Rubio, who's been injured. Yeah, no, and then Donovan Mitchell last night too, uh, kind of just like the, just he. I mean, he continued. He's dominated Portland a couple times. I think he had thirty on them, not last night, but like a couple months ago, like early in the season. And then last night, the way he closed them out was really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, he was, what, 13th overall pick, and uh, Zach Collins was what? Whenever we'll see again? Uh, 10. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you know, I mean, you don't have to tell uh, this podcast about Donovan right. Mitchell. We've, we've been, we were, we were on that early. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot higher on Zach Collins than I was at the time. Uh, but actually, I had a hot take I kind of want to rub off you. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, I think of all the guys, like, I don't think Nurkic is really going to become a star. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think, like, I think pretty much everybody else on the Blazers is kind of who they are. Like, Harkless is Harkless. Right. Uh, Evan Turner is Evan Turner. Aminu is a really nice role player, but I don't think he's going to become a star. I feel like of all the guys on the Blazers team that maybe has, like, some untapped potential to become, like, a way better player and, like, maybe not an all-star, but, like, a star level contributor and like consistent starter which like Nurk hasn't been that consistent as a starter I think it's Collins like eventually like I think he could get there maybe sooner I don't think it'll take like four three or four years for him to get like I think maybe even next year if they look at like not bringing back Nurkic I think there's a potential there that he could be their starter like I mean what do you think about Collins like his how he projects like i think he's like their best hope 
to turn into something more than what he is right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Nurkic has been inconsistent, and he has also been kind of hurt. Um, you know, they're all like minor, minor injuries, so it's nothing like too worrisome. But, uh, but yeah, Collins has impressed me. The more playing time he's got, he's gotten uh, the more the better he looks, the more comfortable he looks. Um, I mean, he's only twenty years old, so that's that's definitely a plus. Um, I don't know if you read that Ringer column by oh, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, charts or whatever his name is um you know he made some good points about how collins kind of, kind of exactly what you're saying like he's kind of their future and that's kind of what olshay said i remember i mean me and you were there when they drafted him at the draft uh whatever it was called and olshay was talking about you know how high he is on collins and how much confidence he has in him moving forward as like just based on his potential and you know olshay also said like i don't know if you call him around the trade deadline uh, he was he you know he's still sticking to this thing where he's like you know we're like in year three of a five-year rebuilding plan or something along those timelines and you know Zach Collins definitely fits into that because he's young and maybe you're right in a year maybe two years he could be starting center for them yeah I mean I, I do think it gives them you know I obviously I wasn't like the biggest fan of like the you, you know getting a bunch of big guys when I thought they really needed some wing help in the draft. Uh, I I was critical of that at the time, but if you look at it from like through the prism of, okay, they have Nurkic, but maybe he's a little too expensive. They already spent a lot of money on Myers Leonard. Ed Davis is an expiring contract could also get, you know, maybe some offers that might be hard for Portland to match. And, if you're looking at it from that perspective and they really, if they really believe in Swanigan and, and Collins, you know, Swanigan as like a backup five and Collins as like a, a potential starting five, then I kind of get that in terms of if they're not, if they don't want to bring back Nurkic and they feel like whatever the cost is of bringing him back is too much. I, I could see them really relying on Collins and it seems like, uh, you know, they really believe in him. And, um, you know, uh, one of the other things is that, uh, you know, that Olshay said uh, was that teams, any team that they were talking to was calling about Zach Collins. And, 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 right. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, if I'm if I'm another GM, he's probably the only guy I would want to get because like Swanigan, I think there's some questions about whether he can really stay on the court defensively. And then with all the other guys, they just, they have insanely loaded contracts that would make it like, I mean, uh, the, the Lakers deal for, with Jordan Clarkson, they, they had to just basically give away Larry Nance just to get off that deal. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely am on the same page as of you, you know, midway through the season now where, yeah, Collins is probably going to be the future. Like you're saying, SWAT again, I can't say Collins is going to be the future per se, but he's going to be like their main one of a main piece for the Blazers going forward. And, and Swanigan could be a very solid reserve. I think the only problem with that kind of timeline is that I don't know how well it meshes with Damon CJ's moving forward. You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely get the question on that, but I do think it's also it kind of reminds me he's obviously not the same type of player. But in a lot of ways, Collins does remind me a little bit of Steven Adams when hmm. the, when when the Thunder drafted him. And 
he was coming off the bench. I think they were still starting Perkins at the time, and he he didn't really know how to do everything yet. Like he was making an impact. He was a really solid player, and I think he was impressive. But like obviously he wasn't all the way there yet because he was so young. And I think there is potential for Collins to maybe be ready before a lot of people think he's gonna be. Like I I, I read that that Ringer piece too, and I think. Yeah, he might be. It might be like five years before he really becomes like, you know, the to, you know, maximizes like the fullest, you know, the, maximizes all of his talent. But I don't think that like that also, I think along the way, he can still be a really big contributor and, and, and really fill a nice role. And I don't necessarily buy that it, I don't really agree that it's like a diverging timeline. Like, I, mm. I like, I think. Though I think he can really like fit in and help, he's already helping. And, for sure, yeah. And I and I think he could maybe be ready for a bigger role sooner than we think because he already is pretty good at stuff. He needs to get a little bit stronger and and all those things. But I think he could really be a help. And I don't I don't see his youth as like really like a liability. You know, like I, I, I see it actually as an asset for him. For sure, and yeah. So that that's where I'm at with him. I think he could really help those two, if especially if he started eventually, to to really help the that group move forward, kind of like Adams did, because Adams wasn't on the same timeline as Westbrook and Durant. So you know, you know, if you're if you're thinking of it in those terms, he wasn't. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good comparison. I would consider that. I um, mean, yeah, Stephen Adams definitely kind of increased his. Uh, or his particular caught up to his potential probably sooner than most people expected. Um, the one thing though, which you know, when we're, we're talking about Zach Collins is like, we don't really know who he is, which is kind of interesting because, like, as a person, because, like, you know, with a lot of Blazers, they're like pretty personable, I want to say, like, definitely Dame and CJ, and even Nurkic with his like whatever his one off sayings and how he plays. Is Zach Collins kind of just like a bland guy right now? That's kind of feeling. I've had. Whenever I'm watching games, sometimes I'm like, "Oh, there's Zach Collins. He's he's in it," you know. Yeah, I mean, I I do think he is a little bit of. I guess he's young. Yeah, I th- I do like that he he seems like he's a, like a little bit of a goon though. Like, <laughs> okay. like, okay. like like I like that he's like he's not quite a goon yet, but I feel like the the outline of a goon is there. Okay. And like, I mean, he went into that. Uh, he's had a couple of moments like that one road win against OKC where he like had like a couple nice passes, came baseline and like dunked it like ferociously, and you could see like the intensity. And then mm. like the the game against Boston that they lost, he got like popped in the mouth, like you know his mouth was bleeding, and and he comes back out there and keeps playing. And and like to me, that's you know he's only twenty, but he's already like showing that he's got like that extra competitive oomph and the crazy thing is is how much better he's gotten i think from summer league until now and what i'm blown away by the most is like how comfortable he is at trying things that guys that that big guys that age don't really try that often like he had one like lefty hook off of like a post up that or like an offensive rebounds like switch hands lefty hook and it looked like super smooth and, and to me, he's got like a lot of 
he's got a lot more skill, I think, than a lot of us realized when they drafted him. I think the instinct was like, oh, he's tall and white. He could be like Myers. <laughs> right, sure. And I think I, I think that was like a big thing was that like people just like, oh, here's a tall white guy. And I think he's a lot less of a project than Myers was, if you know what I'm like. He's already good at like things that, you know, he's not he doesn't have the body, but he's already really good at things that I feel like it takes a long time. They say, you know, that's the like, always like the thing that they say about big men. It's like, oh, it takes a while. You know, it always takes three, four years. Like, he's already comfortable doing a bunch of things that they say, you know, take three to four years. Yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think it's a lot what's tougher Blazer fans in general is that uh, it's just that they're waiting. The waiting game is tough, you know? Oh, yeah. Because especially when, like, Dame is really good and CJ's is really good. So it's just like, uh, and I think also, like, you know, Kind of touched on trade deadline, Portland's big move was to save Paul Allen money, get under the luxury tax, and then you see teams like you know even like the Detroit Pistons, they're just trying something, see if it works by trading for Blake. So um, you know there's pluses and minuses to both of those strategies. Like definitely the continuity of the Blazers is one of their strong suits, but um, I mean they're just they're like a mediocre team. They're treading water, and I believe they're like what sixth, seventh in the West right now. I think they're sixth. Six, six okay. after last night, yeah. So, I mean, they are what they are. But like, yeah, that waiting game for Collins, it's kind of tough to, I think, for the majority of Blazers Nation or whatever, yes, whatever it's called. Whatever yeah, it's called. no, I, I, yeah, and I think it, I think the, the, the big difference there, obviously, is that like, you know, who, who do you cash in like the Zach Collins chip right. for? Like, like uh, I, I see what you mean. Like Zach Collins, I guess, would be in the – if we're using like the Detroit comparison, like Zach Collins is kind of like the Tobias Harris of that deal. Okay, sure. You know, like like he would be the guy that you want – uh, he would be the guy that you want, uh, you know, to, to like be the capstone of a deal, I think. But, like, what guy is out there, like, would you have ad- – like, but I, I don't think just Zach Collins gets you there, though. Like, because, like, the Clippers were able to get Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, and I think they got a first, like a top ten protected first or something like that, or top top three or something. And, and sort of, like, they, they – Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if Portland would have been able to get in the mix for him – because they don't have that many great expiring deals like an Avery Bradley. They don't, like, and and the, the big deals that they do have, they're still under contract for, like, three to four years. And if you're a team that has a star and you're trying to, like, offload guys and rebuild, it's kind of a non-starter to be like, oh, yeah, we'll take Myers Leonard, who has two more years left on his deal, or Mo Harkless, <laughs> right. if right. they're not that sold on Harkless for two more years on his deal, like that doesn't really fit like a rebuilding thing. And so, I think that's pro- kind of the problem is that like they kind of, I mean, they, they screwed themselves with, with with those big contracts and how long they were. You know, le- yeah. less so about the uh, necessarily the the full dollar like the dollar per year amount. It's just how long they're on their books. Like that, I think, is the the real thing that hurts them. And maybe 
something like down the line when those contracts are expiring, maybe that's when they get into the mix for like a disgruntled star. Where, okay. No, like like a mellow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like a mellow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it. Like it, if I, I mean, this is just, I have no like actual like proof behind this, but like maybe in, in with the way the new economy is like, say like a guy, like a Paul George comes available and Indiana or a certain team is like, okay, well, we're going to tank. That wasn't what Indiana was doing. But if they're in that situation, they're like, okay, well, we want to start over again. They're right, not going right. to want to take a lot of future money. And I think that's where like a lot of Portland's big contracts really hamper them in those situations. Oh, for cause, sure. Cause they're not expiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff. I mean, we got to wait till I think uh, a lot of Portland Portlanders, they just got to wait on to see if Dame's next album will go platinum. Uh, that's, that's, their, the, that's, that's, the, that's the that's the type of successes the Blazers have to hang their hat on. That's the real that's the real NBA championship. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, you know Dave's going to be an All Star game? You think MVP? I mean, I would hope so, but I I, I think I, I haven't I, looked at the odds. Have you seen odds yet? I don't know if they released them. Oh no, I didn't know that they had odds for that. I would say Westbrook is probably the most likely because actually, wait, he's going to be on Kevin Durant's team, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I still think that, uh, I'm excited. I mean, Dame, that would be awesome. I just don't know if, you know, he's going to get a shot with all the playing time. I don't yeah. know if he's going to get the playing it. time's I, huge. He's yeah. gonna, if, he, if he gets a chance, it'll be like a Glenn Rice MVP. He has to hit like seven threes. Um, he can't pass the ball. He's got to shoot every opportunity. He gets the ball, you know? Uh, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. it, it would be exciting, but like, I mean, I'm trying to think of it like, He's on the same team as Giannis, Steph, yeah, Clay, Clay Draymond. Yeah, Dray- like like I don't know if like the minutes are going to be there for him. Maybe I mean I mean that would be that would be awesome if he could. But I don't know if he's just going to get. I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity. Uh, but you are going to be hosting something over uh, you know, right when the All Star break starts this week in Portland. Uh, I'm unfortunately not going to be here for that, but everyone should go. Blazer banter on Thursday night this week. Uh, you want to tell the people who you're going to have there to talk Blazers and, and what's all going to be going on on Thursday night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, you've been a past guest on it. Um, yes, I have. Which is great. Proud alumna uh, of the Blazer banter panels. <laughs> and I'm sure you were the that's the word for first person to do it. And, uh, I don't know. I'm an inaugural Blazer inaugural, Banter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm an inaugural <laughs> Blazer, ban- Blazer Banter panelist. Yeah, we've come so far since then. Um, so, yeah, it will be happening this Thursday, February 15th at Century. Uh, we're going to start around 7. Um, Joe Freeman from the Oregonian, he's a beat writer for the Oregonian, will be there. He's our main expert. Um, then Peter Sampson from Blazer's Edge and Blazer's Radio and X-Ray FM is also going to be on. And then uh, Shane Brendan, who's uh, one of the co-hosts of Blazers Are Outsiders, which is uh, kind of like a social show on NBC Sports Northwest. It's going to be on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be just like a pretty casual just talk about Blazers, kind of like what me and you are just doing, maybe a little more nuance and a little more, um, yeah, a little more nuance, especially since Joe's going to be on there. And, you know, he's around team you know every single day basically um and yeah there's gonna be a free raffle as well we got some great raffle gifts some great blazers related art um this store in northwest called athletics 
donating some socks. They make some really nice socks. That's going to be part of the raffle. Um, and then uh, this small clothing company called Cultural Blends is going to also give. They have kind of like Portland-based uh, clothing gear. It's going to give some stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a quick like it's like a quick probably like a little more than an hour event, but. Um, it's a good chance to ask people who, you know, basically talk places all the time, some questions, especially Joe, since he's, you know, he's uh, around the team all the time, like I said before, but, um, and you know, Joe, Joe was on it previously in June. It was great answering people's questions. Yeah, no, uh, Joe and, and Jason were great on the panel. Uh, it's always fun. Always a great place to talk blazers, get a little, uh, you know, inside info from guys who cover the team a lot. So it's a, it's a really cool opportunity uh, to learn more about the Blazers and also get to know, you know, a lot of other Blazer fans who are, are obsessed with the Blazers and you get to talk to them about the team and, and all that stuff. I think it's uh, a really cool night to just talk some hoops and, and, and just learn a little bit more about the team. And uh, Yeah, especially since, uh, you know, Portland plays um, Golden State tomorrow. Um, and then after that, there's that long extended all-star break. So, you know, if you need some Blazers fix in between, definitely this should help what, hold you over. Yeah, th- between between Wednesday night's game against the Warriors and then Dame on Sunday. And then, right. I mean, what is it? I, I mean, the next game isn't until the following Friday, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah extended, extended break, yeah. yeah so I get so those the, players a rest, man. Yeah, rest is important. Oh, man, and no trade deadline. It's gonna be. Uh, yeah. That's good. That's also really nice. Like the fact yeah. that like you'll there won't be any as, as much like drama you know, about like who's on whose team. And there will be, I think, some interesting things in the buyout market. Though I don't. Apparently, uh, Marco Bellinelli. I guess we could talk about this for a second. Apparently, Mar- okay. Mar- Marco Bellinelli said that he was approached by the Blazers. Like oh. they, were, they were one of the teams that tried to get in on him because I I thought they weren't going to sign anybody, but. Uh, Eric Griffith from Blazers Edge made the point that they can sign someone to the vet minimum for the remainder of the season and still stay below the tax. Mm. So I don't know who exactly they could get that would really help them, though. That's going to be like, I mean, Tony Allen. I know that uh, Corbin Smith, our friend, is would all, be all about having Tony Allen oh, on the Blazers. Oh. I don't know if I can call Corbin Smith my friend. I think you're overstepping a line there. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh Tony Allen man he's he's been linked to Oklahoma City I saw um he seems like kind of the guy Oklahoma City will go for they always go for those like kind of old vets sometimes um, I feel like, like needs a little old vet I don't know I mean they got, I think that's Ed Davis's thing I mean what's Tony Allen gonna do I'd rather them try and play to see if maybe Wade Baldwin is the actual player give him some minutes I doubt he'll play, but but, hey, why not? Oh, man, the Wade Baldwin sanity. Yeah. That that would be quite the turn of events if if Wade Baldwin just became, like, the next great uh, addition to the team. I I, I would – I mean, the thing is, is, like, how big is Wade Baldwin? Like, he's he's a point guard size, right? Like, he's not like a – he's not like a big point guard. No, no, yeah, he's he's a point guard. I mean, he's probably, like, so much a Dane. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I would like to see. I guess I'd really like to see them add maybe another wing, like that. That's really the because all their guys on the wing, like they can they can win you a game some nights and like like Harkless and Turner, but they're just not that consistent. 
that like and but the problem is I don't think anybody they're going to get on the buyout market's going to be all that consistent either. Like they're they're on the buyout market for a reason. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I, it's interesting that I didn't see the Bellinelli report. I missed that, but I guess that I guess he would have definitely given them some shooting. But did he say he was like actually interested in signing? It's it's funny he signed with Philly. That's a weird. Well, kind of thing. I, yeah, I, maybe it was a thing where he he just thinks that he he'd rather play in the East or something. I don't know. Uh, that might have played a part in it. Um, and, I will and, say I, I'm pretty big on actually Bellinelli just being like what he is. I mean, he's not a great player, but he can come in and shoot threes. I remember because um, he was pretty good the year the Spurs won the championship. The, the last time they won it, uh, whenever that was, 2014, and then the next year, uh, I don't think it was 2014 actually. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the next year, no, it was 2014. It yeah. was okay. Yeah, and then the next year he went somewhere else. I forget where. And then the Spurs were like, they brought in like Jimmer for Durant um, and some other guy to try and replace what Bellinelli brought them, which was just like shooting off the bench. And um, I mean, Portland that year, San Antonio also brought in like Andre Miller to Della Post. They kept like cycling through where Bellinelli had a good role in San Antonio. So I bet you that's also why, not talking this out loud, but yeah, I bet you that's why he sided uh, Philly because uh, Brett Brown's system, probably similar to yeah. work for him. Yeah, no, that's probably he probably yeah. there's probably a, a little bit of like a, a, a like a they know each other type of thing Spurs system. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean I get that, and and also too maybe it's you know coming all the way out here for a guy you know maybe maybe that plays a part in it too. Uh, just where Portland is. Oh, the summer summers in Oregon though, Oregon wine country. I know. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, LeBron. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to tell LeBron about the Oregon wine country. He's already pretty into the Pinots. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, the the Bell and Ellie was interesting. Apparently, Dwayne Dedman might become a, a free agent too, hmm. uh, which I don't think that's something that Portland needs. Is another big guy. No, no. I'm try- I, uh, Joe Johnson would have been. That would have been sweet, but he 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 he's he's ring chasing with the Rockets. Um, any, hey. any 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 other things that you wanted to plug out there for the people? You also do have a, a podcast out there now, a new podcast. Um, oh, that's a uh, podcast is in uh, it's in the works. We should say it's been uh, going through some drama. I'll say. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we won't plug the podcast. We don't have to plug it, but uh, no, I mean, just come out on Thursday to Century Place of Banter. Um, you know, if you listen to this and come out, tell me that you came out and listen. You listen to Locked Up Blazers. You're um, you're a lobster, right? So you guys yes. still pushing the lobster theme? Yeah, yeah, we're yes. definitely still pushing the lobster theme. We're, okay. we're, we're big on that terminology. Uh, and yeah, no, we're. I guess um, I guess I'll also you know since we talked about Corbin, I'll challenge him to a fight on this podcast if he ever wants to uh, fight me. Okay. Just bring it, Cor- just bring it, Corbin. Uh, and, uh, you know, next time you make some plantains, hopefully I get that invite. Okay. Yeah, I think Corbin might beat you up with like a Ken's artisan loaf. Oh, yeah. Like he'll bring See. out a loaf of Ken's artisan and just start using it as a weapon. Yeah, that's probably his. Like, yeah, that's like his special weapon. Yeah, his, <laughs> his, his weapon of choice is a baguette from Ken's artisan. Oh man. Um, but anyway, no. Thanks for coming on, Anand. Thanks for dropping some knowledge on the game last night that you were at uh very excited everyone you guys should really go check out the blazer banter events like i said if you're a blazer fan 
it's a great place to be to hang out with other Blazer fans, nerd out on the Blazers, and also you know get a little inside info from guys like Joe Freeman who who, who cover the team a lot. So uh, I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, I wish I could be there, uh, but I will be down in L.A. trying to do some all-star uh, stuff. So, um, yeah, no, uh, Anand, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, keep it locked here on Lockdown Blazers. Tell your friends. Subscribe and tell your friends to go to Blazer Banter on Thursday night. All right. Thanks, man.